Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Thank you, Randy. I love that last song. It's kind of funny. Every time we are here and we're doing this, I always feel like, oh, that's right, i got to get up now. It's like I'm expecting another song, but we're kind of streamlining things to hopefully make it easier for everyone to uh, be here with us this morning. Uh, a few things to remind everybody about. There are a few things happening this week. Uh, we still have our Friday night Zoom meetings with Dr. Quinlan and those have been great. If you've been a part of those, um, hopefully you have been encouraged. A lot of good stuff from the doctor, just dealing with a lot of things that we are going through at this time. Uh, if you have any questions, really this is a time where if there's things that are uh, happening with you that you're struggling with, this is an opportunity to talk to uh, someone who deals with these things on a regular basis. And so it's been a great, I think, help to a lot of people, and hopefully you guys can join us. Also, Ben is still meeting Saturdays on Zoom. He's having his meetings, and uh, we will post the information. I've been bad at not getting that up there, uh, but he is still meeting, and so hopefully we can get those things out there so you guys can meet with us on Zoom. I do plan on doing another prayer group, but it won't be um, this week. Just have a lot of things going on this week, so I won't be able to do it this week. But hopefully the following week we'll be able to do a meditative prayer time again, and we'll give you more information about that. Also want to remind you, just continue to worship in your offerings, and you can do that online at thegenesisstory.com. It has all the information where you can go to. We're also looking to develop an app so that you can have that on your phone, and we can kind of give you some notifications when things are happening, like when we're going to be going live or doing a meeting, a Zoom meeting, things like that. So hopefully we can get those things up and running soon. As far as when we are going to actually start meeting together, we don't know yet. We are still waiting. I know that there are a lot of, I don't know if a lot, but there is a a group of churches that is pushing to meet on the 31st because it's Pentecost Sunday, and we're not a part of that group. Uh, We are going to meet when everyone feels that it is safe for us to gather together without putting people to risk. Uh, We care more about people than we do about a gathering, and so we want to make sure that that is conveyed, that people understand that we care about your health and safety, and regardless of how things are being interpreted, we want to have that presentation. 
uh, because that is important for us that people know that we care about them. We don't just care about meeting. It really is about people. But we hope to be able to meet sometime in the near future, especially because we're not a, a large group. We are a small group. And so uh, it should be sooner than if we were a larger group, depending on how things move forward. Anyway, those are the things kind of happening this week. Um, This morning, I I was really wanting to talk about something that I hope to be helpful to us, not only at this time, but just in our lives in general. You know, the way we see things and, and how we use words and the importance of understanding those words help shape our view of the world, of God, and of life in general. And if we have a wrong perception or a perception that is unhealthy, it is going to reverberate within us in unhealthy ways. And so this morning, I want to talk to you guys about my new granddaughter, of course, uh, about a Hebrew word, childbirth, letters on a keyboard, and heaven. Monday, just before eight o'clock in the morning, my granddaughter was born, Everly James Scotty. I have yet been able to meet her personally. I, I have seen her online like you, but I have not been able to hold her. I am hoping to change that someday soon. In fact, today, I'm hoping to be able to get there and see her. But seeing the descriptions of her, if you haven't seen the picture of her, go on my Instagram, it's there. She is amazing. In fact, the words that have been used to describe her are, she's beautiful, she's gorgeous. A friend of mine said, oh, she's delicious. And then a lot of people have said, she's perfect, right? And we use these words because they convey the emotions that we feel when we see something that is precious to us. We use these kinds of words, this language to help describe that. And today... I'm going to try and give us a simplified view of these words because we understand that these words are descriptive and communicating an emotion, but we don't take them literally, right? We don't really think she's delicious, right? We, we, we don't do that because it's just used to give a description or even the word perfect, right? The idea of perfect literally means it doesn't need to be changed, but As perfect as she is in our emotion, we know that she's going to grow up. She's going to learn how to walk and talk and all these things. There has to be a development where perfect is something that doesn't change. And so I want to give a simplified expression to that word perfect and also to the word good. And I want to start with these words in the simple way to see things And I know there's a lot of nuances, but if I can simplify it, maybe I can make an important point or what I believe is an important point. The healthy way to understand perfect, I believe, is like we did with that idea of my granddaughter, right? Uh, Or when Jesus tells us 
to be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. When he says that, he is actually referring to how we love our enemies and he's talking about mature or grow in your understanding and how you interact with other people. He's not telling us to be perfect like God is perfect where there's no need to grow, there's no need to change, but it's to be complete in how he cares about other people. Because in that passage, he's talking really about loving our enemies. And what happens is we start to condition ourselves that we have to be complete, that we have to be perfect, that we can't have any faults because we've got to be like God. And we end up living lives that are filled with shame, blame, and dissatisfaction because we can't be perfect. And so our understanding of that word and our perception when it it comes to this idea of we have to be perfect, we have to be complete, we can't make mistakes, those kinds of things can cause problems. It's this unhealthy notion of perfection that can get in the way of actually living fully and living the abundant life that I believe Jesus was speaking about. To get a clear understanding of how we're supposed to see life, let's look at a very illustrative and poetic portrayal found in the book of Genesis as we talk about life and correction of that itself. Even as we're talking about this, I just saw a post pop up on my phone of my granddaughter, and I'm tempted to look at it, but I'm not going to. I shouldn't have brought my phone up here with me. Genesis chapter one. It's hard for us in our English language to get a full understanding of the poetic presentation of of the book of Genesis. We see a rhythm taking place, but it's even more so in the Hebrew. And we see this idea of good, God doing this and that, and it was good. In chapter one, verse four, it says, and God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from darkness. In verse 10, God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas, and God saw that it was good. In verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Down in verse 21. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 25, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then after God made man in his own image and told him to be fruitful and multiply in verse 31, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. 
The word that is used for good in the Hebrew is the word tov, T-O-V. And we immediately notice something about tov. It is dynamic, it is active, it is moving, and it is leaning forward, right? The, the sun is going to rise and is going to set. There will be light, and then it will give way to darkness and will rise again, and it is good. And so there is this motion. And again, this is very fluid. The language here is meant to roll. It is meant to kind of continue to snowball an effect where it just keeps building and building and building. We see that the water's waves will crash against the land and then return to the sea, and it is good that the vegetation and trees are going to make fruit. They're going to have seeds that are going to fall to the ground, that are going to be covered with earth, that are going to die. But then they are going to reproduce and there will be new growth, new fruit, new trees. And it is good. The creatures in the sea are all, and all those on the land are going to reproduce. And it is good. There's the sun the moon and all the stars that are in motion, giving us the seasons that summer will give way to fall and winter will give way to spring. And it is good. See, in this story, there is a rhythm of life and even of death, light and dark and rhythm and change. And it is tov. It is good we tend to think that there was no lack at those times. We, we, we tend to think, or at least the story maybe you've heard, that everything was perfect. But remember, when God created man in his image, later on he says it's not good that man is alone. So there is this dynamic of something that is good and even something that is not good that was there from the very beginning. And this idea of good is something that is moving, dynamic, and growing. We read that the animals and humans are to be fruitful and multiply. I don't know if you've ever had the chance or the experience to be a part of childbirth. I have. It's painful. It's messy. It's bloody. It's scary before it's ever beautiful. And we can look and say, oh, this is good. But with that good comes a lot. Right, And so there are labor pains before there is the joy of the baby being born. And it's good that childbirth is a process. It doesn't just happen, but there is a development and a growth that takes place. I remember when we were working on our house, when we did a room addition, we remodeled the kitchen and I'm not a contractor kind of person and it was kind of a do it ourself and we didn't do, I should say, we, I throw my wife in there. She didn't, it wasn't her idea. She went away one weekend and came back and I had tore the house up, but it was a process 
right? It, it was a mess. I mean, it was a journey to get to the completion. And before we were able to actually enjoy the room and the kitchen and all those things, there was a time when our refrigerator was next to our TV in the living room. And it was kind of cool. And it was kind of fun. There was a time when our wall to the backyard was just a plastic sheet, right? There was this process that was taking place where we had the washer and dryer in the backyard under this little shelter. It was like this, you know, Swiss Family Robinson style thing. I mean, it was just kind of a whole experience before we got to actually live in the house. I remember when my uh, grandson Milo was born, uh, my daughter-in-law telling my son when he came home, and he, he was kind of tired and saying he was exhausted, and she goes, oh, you're tired? Well, I've been making a baby all day, right? I mean, it's like, imagine, it's like you're, you're doing something, you're working while I'm building a life with, inside of me, right? Tove is work. It is anticipation and rest. It isn't just the birth, it's the entire process, right? It's the the laboring with your hands. It's how good the shower feels after being inside cleaning a dusty garage all day. It is how good it feels to lay in bed and get the pressure off your legs when you've been working or walking all day. It is good because it is all of it. The day, the night, the land, the sea, the process. We're living at a time where there is a lot of things happening. There are a lot of people struggling because of the current conditions. And we have to recognize that, yeah, this isn't good in and of itself, but it is a moment. It's a moment in what's happening. The virus, the loss of lies, the closing down, the losing of businesses isn't good, but it's not the end. It is still going to change. And one of the things I find amazing in this time is how a majority of humanity sacrificed itself for the health of others. And maybe it wasn't as willing in some areas as it was of others, but for the majority of the cases that I know, humanity says we will stop living as we were to make sure that others don't die. That's incredible. That is good. And this is going to continue to move. And whether it's being blown out of proportion or not, that's pretty amazing. And as things continue to go, there are a lot of good things that are taking place that are changing in our circumstances because that's what good does is it grows and it develops and it matures and it learns And it brings about change and it brings about life. Perfect, on the other hand, it's ideal. Perfect, it really came from us 
came to us from the Greeks and other places, but it has this idea of the statue that's chiseled and perfect, that it doesn't change. The idea that humanity is at the peak of all creation. But this thinking really is unhealthy and it has unhealthy side effects. The idea that can never be reached causes an internal problem. It causes a dissatisfaction. It causes a frustration. And it's static. It's not dynamic because it doesn't need to be. It's supposed to be at its pinnacle. It's supposed to be perfect, right? And static categories, there isn't that process. There isn't that growth. There isn't the standing and falling, the spring and winter, the life and death. This is an unhealthy desire for immortality, not the desire for fullness of life, but the desire to never change, to never die to what you are. And things that are living and healthy, they have to grow. Have you ever noticed that if you buy food that is healthy for you, it doesn't have a long shelf life, right? If you cut an avocado open and you leave it there for just an hour, it starts to turn brown. But if you open a Twinkie, you can leave it there for a day and you won't even know. You can come back and eat it later. Why? Because one is good for you and is alive. The other is just chemicals and sugar. (laughs) Yeah, it tastes delicious, but... It's not good for you because one is alive, one is more static. You might say, it's perfect. How many people today want this idea of perfection? I want to be wealthy, but I don't really want to work. Right? I, I want to be in shape, but I don't really want to work out. And so we want to do things shortcutting the process, right? I'll just play the lotto so that I can be a millionaire without having to go to work or or put my mind to work or develop something or, or to show any kind of ingenuity. Or I'll just get surgery. I'll get liposuction and something so that I can have a fit body without having to do the work. We, we want the shortcut. We want the benefits because we want to be considered perfect, but we don't realize that good changes and grows. That if we don't accept this, that as time goes on, we are going to become more and more dissatisfied with who we are because we were never what we really wanted to be. So many times we find that this idea of perfect is a part of our way of thinking in in so many areas. When my kids were younger and computers were just starting to become household, they started developing these learning games for the computer, right? Oregon Trail, Guys, remember that? There was Reading Rabbit, Math Blaster. There was this other game that my kids, we got them. It was so that they could learn how to use a keyboard. 
And the object of the game was to have your fingers put in place. And then as something would come up, you would use the right finger to kill whatever that, you know, letter was. And you'd zap it and it would go and it would teach you how to use the keyboard. My kids were so concerned with getting a right score that they didn't want to put their fingers in a place where they might make a mistake. They just would hit it one at a time because they cared more about being perfect in their score than actually learning how to use the keyboard. And that's the problem, right? The idea of being perfect, I can't make mistakes. The idea of good is there's going to be a learning and there's going to be growth. You know, it's interesting with the keyboard. The reason the letters are all catawampus on the keyboard is because when they had them in alphabetical order, They were typing too fast and it was jamming the typewriters that were mechanical back then. And so what they did is they confused the keyboard to slow people down. You know what's interesting is they've never changed it. Our kids continue to learn how a keyboard was for the reasons that it was because we're not willing to change so that they could actually do more and be better. I think that's amazing. Because now there isn't the problem. Even with electric typewriters, there wasn't the problem. But instead of fixing what was making us slow, we wanted to be perfect. We wanted things to work for us. And that holds us back into so many ways. Perfect wants to be, but it doesn't want to become. And I find myself in this place so many times where I want to be this person, but I don't realize that I've got to go through things to become that person. I want to be a person who's faithful and I want to be a person who's patient and I want to be a husband who's loving and caring, but I don't want to go through all the things I need to to become that person. I just want to be there. And then I get frustrated when I'm not there, right? Tove has a dynamic built into it, the process of becoming. There is change. That beautiful baby will grow, become a precious little girl that will become a young lady that will grow to be a woman, a wife, a mom, a grandmother, a memory, a legacy. But they can't become that if they don't grow through those processes where perfect is static. Perfection is the Photoshop cover on People magazine, making sure there's no wrinkles, no blemishes, no sign of aging, no sign of life. Perfect has frustration built into it because it's always just out of reach. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive to be better. This doesn't mean that we need to just be satisfied with status quo. Good always pushes to get better. But the idea of perfection is this idea of being complete. And I wonder how many of us were given a religion of perfection, right? A a religion that unless you're perfect, whoa, you're in big trouble. You've got to be perfect. If you're not perfect, just like God, then you're in big trouble. 
And our whole lives, we've been trying to, to Photoshop ourselves, right, into this image that was perfect, that was impossible, the idea, right? I'm a Christian, so my marriage shouldn't have any problems. If it does, it's because I'm failing in some way. If I believe in Jesus, my depression will magically disappear. And if it doesn't, it's just because I don't trust, I don't have enough faith, I don't believe enough. Instead of, no, the way your marriage gets better is you grow through it. You learn to become a better person. You struggle to converse with one another and have better communication. You live together and the frustrations of life and the struggles of finances and children, it takes time to develop and to grow. What if problems are part of the process of things becoming better? What if struggle is a sign of life? And that's good. Maybe instead of reading things in a way where we think it's supposed to be static and complete, maybe the world was created with a day and a night and change built into it then maybe we too need the freedom to grow and to fail and to become. Maybe we need to understand that that is how life works and how life was created from the very beginning. Maybe instead of reading the story of humanity in a way that we are fallen, we are imperfect, we are evil, we should see humanity the way Jesus did that we are lost and we are sick. We are needing to be found. We are needing to be healed, not needing to be condemned because we are not enough. Maybe if we had the freedom to understand that life is about learning and falling and growing and becoming and understanding that God is there working us through all these processes, we would not be condemned. It is the idea that you are to be perfect right off the get-go that puts this burden on us that we never live up to and we struggle with and we start condemning ourselves and we start condemning others. No wonder so many people quit or fall into despair and depression. They've been sold the idea that they are supposed to have it all together like the billboards, like the celebrities, like the pastors who put a face forward. But we don't see what's happening. And so we can't find someone to marry because there's no ideal person. They're not perfect. They don't have all the right beliefs. They don't have all the right character traits, the job. They don't have the right looks. We, we want an idea, and we don't accept the fact that they are human like us. They are growing. I mean, idea of beliefs, right? You probably don't believe the same thing you did 5, 10, or 15 years ago. You've probably changed in your beliefs, but you want someone to have the exact beliefs you need right now? Does that make sense? Where is the opportunity for growth? Where is the opportunity for change? Where is the opportunity to struggle through these questions together? How how can you live with someone and expect them to have everything together? What a burden to put on someone and what a burden to put on yourself. 
And we end up wanting this to be over, right? This life is just too much. We, we want to get to the end of life because it, it's too difficult. And we think that heaven will be a place where we will be perfect, stagnant, without the need to grow, learn, or achieve anything. Oh, I can be at a place where I don't need to learn anything new. I don't need to grow anymore. I don't need to change at all. You know what? That kind of sounds like hell to me. That doesn't sound like good. I mean, I can't imagine not having the joy of exploring and learning and growing. I can't imagine not seeing a child in wide-eyed wonder as they see something for the very first time, or even myself as I learn something new or encounter something for the first time, and it overwhelms me. I don't want to lose that. I hope that that still continues. The things I read about, about heaven is really a new earth. And there seems to be a lot of things that happen that still happen. It seems like there's eating in this new earth. At least I sure hope so, right? I mean, because I sure like to eat. But think about it. If there's eating, who's going to grow the food? Who's going to prepare the food? Who's going to cook the food? Is it like bewitched? You're just going to wiggle your nose or snap your fingers and bing, there it is. You've got the steak dinner. Where did that cow come from? How did it get to that place? And if you're a vegan, I'm sorry, but whatever else is the case, there still has to be the labor involved to put that on the plate. I've heard, I don't know how many times in countless sermons where someone stood up and say, and in heaven, you'll get to eat all the sweets you want and won't have to worry about your weight. Really? It's just going to magically disappear because the idea of work is just so difficult. Some people actually like to work out. They enjoy that. Calories don't just disappear. Maybe they have to work out. And what about cleanup after dinner? Who's going to do the dishes? Do they just get sent to the cornfield? What, what are we thinking? What is this image of heaven, this perfect that we're putting there that's not real? That's not life. What if in, instead of wanting things just to be easy and have no effort and, and not have to think and not have to grow, what if we actually had the attitude that we can learn to find joy in all aspects of life? What if part of what's good that was there in the very beginning is still good today where there is this ability to learn how to enjoy life fully with all the things that we have. Where Paul said, I've learned to abound and abase, to have plenty and have little. He also said in First Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Maybe it would be good if we learned to do that. Maybe that would be good. The story in Genesis is an affirmation of life with all its highs 
and all its lows, all of its bloody imperfections, the anticipation of doing something, the, the pain of waiting. I cannot wait to see and hold my granddaughter. And you know what? It's going to make holding her that much better. It's been painful not being able to be there and be with them for this birth. But it's going to be good to be there when I can. This idea of perfection has this annoying voice in my head as well. How about you? Do you guys have that annoying voice? And I guarantee you, I'll have that voice after I'm done here today. That voice will come and say, well, you know, you weren't as engaging as you should be. You know, you, you messed up on a lot of words. You got very tongue-tied in a lot of things. That voice is going to come and say, you weren't perfect. You, you weren't polished enough. You weren't clean enough to get that point across. You didn't have enough energy. It felt like you didn't quite do a good enough job. This notion that I'm supposed to not make mistakes, have all the answers. That I'm supposed to know how to raise my kids. That I'm supposed to know how to be the perfect husband for my wife. That I'm supposed to know how to be a pastor and lead people. That I'm supposed to have it all together. This notion is a pressure that will kill you and it can kill me. If I maintain this idea, I've got to do this, I've got to have this, and I've got to present this forward, it'll destroy me. I can't live like that. I was not, you were not meant to live like that. You're not supposed to be that kind of perfect. The voice that compares me to the perfect is a lie. The pastor who I thought had it all together, those people who I thought were the ones to follow, just took time before I found out they weren't. Those celebrities who we thought, oh man, they've got the life, are the ones who are going to rehab, or some who have even committed suicide. Because they had the same voice in their head that they couldn't live up to. There's another way to live. A voice that tells you it's only a season. And this is how life is. There will be day. There will be night. There will be winter. And there will be spring. And it's good. Don't put a period where there is only a comma. There will be pain when one thing dies there will be joy when another thing is born. And it's good. You will fail. You will fall. You will struggle. But you will be born anew. With blood, sweat, and tears, it will happen. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I wish I would have learned this years ago that this is normal, that this is how God built things, that there is an ebb and flow that we can experience. 
And instead of worrying that we're not enough, we can rest. That even though I might be lost at times, and even though I might be sick, I have a good shepherd. I have a physician who can help me in my time of need and can tell me it is good. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who are under the pressure of perfect, those who have been sold a religion that says that they will never be enough unless they are perfect. Those who are trying to meet a standard that was never put in place except by people. I pray that there is a liberation that takes place within our hearts, a freedom from the voice that speaks into our heads that says you are not enough, that you failed, that you cannot do this well enough. You cannot live the life that you need to live, that you are deficient, that there would be an acceptance from you that even though things are rough, even though there are struggles, it is a season and it will change. That even though there may need to be a death to things in our life, There is life waiting again. And I pray, Father, for the condemnation that is in so many people's hearts and minds, that condemning voice that is keeping them from you, that is keeping them from the life that is there for them because They are living in a static world, not being able to achieve. They're just waiting for it to be over where they can get to this place that really is not heaven. It's just an idea. Instead, God, may we have the courage to face life with all its seasons, with the light, the darkness, the summers, the winters, the death and the life. May we have the courage to continue knowing that God is good and what he created is good. Father, give us this freedom. Give us this life. May we see you lead us through it, we pray. In Jesus' name. May you find freedom from the stagnant view of perfection. May you find your life with God in the daily happenings and what is good. God bless you guys. Thank you guys for watching. Love you. Miss you so much. Hope to talk to you and see you soon. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.